0: I wish y'all, I wish I could do more. I wish I could help out more. You know, I wish I could say the world. And I know I've talked to y'all about this in, in length other episodes and stuff. You Knows people who know me personally know, know how I wish I could just reach out and pull you out of your situation. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying I'm where I want to be. But something something is instilled in me to be there more for another person. And <clears throat> as I'm, you know, walking, walking this morning and just about every other day, uh, I come out and I see helplessness and I see lost hope lost potential and I also see just I look at you ever you ever looked at someone that's, that you know you've seen before or you haven't maybe on your commute to work or just out and about and you see a person that that just that, that chose to let something beat him, him or her. Whether that be a drug, alcohol, addiction, abuse, or something like that. And you can look at them and you can tell they're lost. You know, their bodies are lost. You can look in their eyes and you don't even see a person. You just see somebody that's just, that's just waiting to go. And as I'm walking down now, it's like 4 or something in the morning. And as I'm walking down now, I see just that same thing. It'll be a group of young teenagers standing outside and just walking in circles. Or the um, older couple that that we, you know, my wife and I, my kids see all of the time. But they migrate from corner to corner. And... They have so much stuff with them, but they pack it up and they carry it with them and they, and whatever corner they choose to stop at is where they, I'm sorry guys, it's where they rest their heads for the next week or two until someone just doesn't want to see it anymore and they tell them to move or they call the police or whatever. But as I look at what Candace and myself go through, especially the. The health scares we've been we've been having and she's going to be on this episode as well. She just came from the hospital yesterday due to um issues with blood pressure and anxiety and things of that nature. And like I said in the last episode, I, it's just the change in her activity and you know lack of proper rest because you know we still haven't we still haven't hit the whole Okay, I need to, <laughs> I need to take a nap when I get home or whatever. Or, you know, it's it's kind of hard because we just don't have that luxury. The kids aren't in school yet, and it'll be better once they are, because you know, she can get to work by five. I can get the kids up and I can get them to school, and then get to work by nine myself. And then by the time she gets home, she can take a quick nap and then be on her way to pick the children up. So it'll work out. But it's just kind of hard right now for her. and i'm not saying that's what drove her to the hospital, but you guys know the big change in how you operate and stuff like that has a lot to do with a lot to do with your health and you know how your body adapts. you know maybe your body isn't ready to fully adapt to a change in schedule or a change in routine or something like that, and you have lapses that's all it is. she'll be fine. What boy? What boy? Good. And as I just passed, as I'm talking about, if I had, I got to use that to get to work. Like I said, it's four something in the morning, and that person I I just spoke to—I've been knowing him for over 20 years—and Lost as well No direction but All the potential in the world All the potential in the world But he just doesn't seem He hasn't Lost the grip of that demon That demon hasn't lost the grip on him yet And This isn't You guys know this podcast is Very real It almost seems fake because of what I'm telling you as I'm walking past or the person I just spoke to, what just happened. No, it's extremely real. Extremely real. Sad is not a way... It isn't a way that I could like, make it up. You know, honestly, I couldn't. But, But, like I said, you know, like I was talking about, Candace, you know, your body just isn't ready for that change and that's what she you know went through or going through right now but she's getting better so on blood pressure medicine now you know it's been a pretty interesting past couple of days to say the least um you know how the beginning of the podcast started what I was witnessing you know that morning and what I was passing it's um It's very sad epidemic in this country even in my city in my area it's very hard to fathom everything that you that you see to go on that you know that these people are doing to themselves and and how there's basically no help I mean there's places they can go to there's you know hospitals that will take them and stuff like that but when it's as rampant as it is, and then when it's as bad as it is with these young people it's it it really looks like there is no help and, you know normally um, I may tell a funny story from work, but I keep people out of it um this particular story here you know um it just happened, and it sort of sort of goes back to that whole unbelievable thing. People just don't think these things happen to me. Like when certain people listen to the podcast. Good morning, sweetie. When certain people listen to the podcast, they they say that that didn't happen or there's no way that could happen. And I'm like, yeah, it did happen. I mean, I have more. I have plenty of stories in in, in, in this in this old head of mine. Plenty of things have happened to me. But this is the most recent one. Um, You know, I was talking to my manager at work. We, we were going over we were going over some things, and um, he got a, you know, he got a call to the restroom. There's an emergency in the restroom. There's a person that was unresponsive, basically, a female that was unresponsive in the restroom. So he looks at me and he says, um, "Do you want to handle this one?" And I was like, "Now, nah, you know, that's where my." My manager tree stops at a certain <laughs> a certain length, you know. And um, we went in the restroom. And, of, of course, I went with him because I, I didn't know what it was. And neither did he. But when you have a person unresponsive, um, it's sort of all hands on deck. Everybody goes to sort of try to add what we can add to help out. Because you don't want anything to happen to anybody. So we get to the restroom, and it was, it was a woman on on the, on the, on the toilet, basically, and she was bent backwards. It was kind of crazy to see, It's kind of crazy to see her bent backwards behind the toilet. It was like her head was stuck between the wall and the, and the toilet. And, um, like something out of a movie, honestly. And, uh, we look at each other and it's myself and it's my manager and it's the pharmacist. And she said, well, I, I, you know, tried to, you know, we tapped her, basically got in her face and screamed and very unresponsive. And like I said, guys, if you've ever seen anyone on a drug, on heroin, they have a nod about them and they're there, but they're not, you know, it takes a little while for that initial phase to wear off. And they don't know where they are afterwards. Or they try to say it's not what it is or whatever, whatever. But, you know, as many times as unfortunately as I've seen it, it's it's not anything that you ever want to witness, to be honest with you guys. And if you guys have ever witnessed it, it's not. It, it's dehumanizing to see that, you know, that these people would knowingly do this and how they look to us is not how they it's not how they feel to themselves. Um so after about a good five to ten minutes, we're there with this woman. And um, you know, my manager looks at me and it was like, well, somebody's gonna have to get her up. And she had a pulse, but it was a long she was she had a pulse, but it was slight, because the pharmacist so the pharmacist she said it was a slight pulse. But she was still breathing. So that's the good that was a good part. So my as my manager's tapping her on the leg, he looked at me, he's like, we're gonna have to get her up. And I say, um, I don't think all three of us are gonna be able to fit into this stall, but you know, if you need me, I can grab her legs or I can go in and, you know, grab her grab her upper body and we can just sort of lift her up and sort of like put water on her or something like that. This is sort of shock her. You know, I have other stories to, to go along with that as well. Um, so he gets like he gets in the stall, and he's looking at her in the face, keeping in mind how she's in this position. We have to get her out of this position because it looks painful, of course, and it didn't look like she can breathe in the position that she was in. So he looks down. He screams in her face. Screams in her face. He's tapping her on the shoulders and everything like that. And he looks at us and he's like, I don't I honestly don't know what to do. You know, I've never I've never had to deal with anything like that. And when you work in retail, grocery or a hospital, true enough, you see more things in a hospital. You see everything in the hospital. But, you know, you sort of got you sort of kind of have to know that you'll see you'll see anything working in the grocery store honestly, you'll see anything working in the grocery store so after about a good fifteen twenty minutes uh probably not probably not that long, probably not that long um he gets her up and she jumps up like nothing is wrong, and she's short and she and she tries to straighten her clothes out. Like nothing is wrong. with her asking all of these questions. Like, what happened? What did you take? And she was like, "Oh, I'm an alcoholic. I'm just an alcoholic. All I do is drink. I don't do anything else," which isn't which which isn't true. But um, after the pharmacist left to try to get her like water, get her a chair to sit in, I asked her. Um, I asked her, "What does she need? Like, does she need anything?" And she looked at myself, she looked at my manager, and she was like, well, you know, what do you, what do you mean by anything, you know? Um, and she was like, she was saying it in a flirtatious way, and it was, <clears throat> it wasn't a sight to see. Keep in mind, very attractive woman, because when we walked out the bathroom, everyone who was around was looking like, wow, I can't believe that. She was the one that was, that, that was going through that. And when I tell you that it grabs whoever it wants to grab, demons grab whoever they want to grab. No matter what you're addicted to, no matter what you're affected by, demons will grab you. No matter what walk of life you have, no matter how much money you got or whatever, it doesn't matter. If you're affected, you're affected. And when it, once, it gets, once it gets its hold on you, it gets its hold on you. But um, paramedics came, firemen, firemen came, and it was possibly a good ten of them, yeah, a good ten of them, who responded, which is a great thing. But when they got there, she denied help, which is kind of what they do once once that initial high wears off. They deny help. They figure they're fine, and you know there's nothing they 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 don't want care. So. Mm-hmm. After that, after that we sort of we we you know we we talk about it of course, to try to see what what we could have done better or who found out first, or think we just we're just trying to get the story story together just in case we have to ex answer questions about it, but that's not the bad part the bad part is i wanna say. Maybe an hour later, she came right back into the store buying alcohol. She looked at me and she waved and she said, thank you. And I walked over to her and I said, ma'am, I said, ma'am, I'm going to pray for you. And she looked at me and she said, there's no need. And I said, there's always need for prayer. And she said, "Not, not as far gone as I am. And a lot of people say that a lot of people say that, and they believe that, and they let then they just succumb to that aspect of life that nobody cares, not even God and that's so un that's so not true, but as far gone as she was, she actually believed that she was beyond help. That's hardly the case in anything, in any situation, whether it be financial or um, love or whatever. It's hardly the case. Sickness, that's, that's that's hardly the case if you have faith in your belief. But when she came back into the store to buy her alcohol, we realized that, you know, maybe she wanted, maybe some some people, honestly, they'll tell you, I was just looking for a place to die. That's horrible to even think about, but that's life. That's life. That's the way certain people live their lives. It's, it's it's not good to talk about. It's not good to say, but it's reality. And um, you know, and then another thing happened, like the next day or the day before. Everything starts to, everything seems to run together for me to be honest with you guys. Um, I was at work, of course. Of course, I was at work, you I do, but um, <laughs> I was at work, and you know, I was standing there talking to friends. We were standing there talking and stuff. I forgot what we was talking about. But next thing I know, I see a crowd of people in the front of the store, and I see a f- and I see this uh, this younger dude walk in, and I see this other guy walk in. Young black guy, young white guy. The white guy walks in first. And the black guy comes in behind him saying, I don't care where you go. I don't care where you go. You owe me money. I want my money right now. Or I'm going to beat the hell out of you in this store. And I look over at a friend of mine, and, you know, she looks at me. And next thing you know, the guy is swinging, 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 swinging. So I'm like, Okay and the white guy's not is not defending himself. He's not saying why are you hitting me or help or help or help. So obviously in my you know the things that I've been through in my life, that's right that right there is showing guilt. Like, you know, you, you know this person personally. So, I'm waiting for people to step in and stop it, but nobody is. Everybody's standing there with their mouth dropped. And I step in and you know we got a strict rule; we're not supposed to put our hands on anybody. But at that moment, I couldn't just stand there and let that happen because it was children watching, older women were watching, older men were watching, and they couldn't do anything. But it was a lot of people there who could have, but did it, but did it. So I stepped in between them, and you know I told the younger guy to stay in, the younger white guy to stay in, stay inside the store, and I pulled the—I didn't pull him, but I just let the black guy out the store. And I was talking to him. And I was like, what's going on? What's wrong? You know, he was like, look, I'm going to be honest with you. You seem like you know what's up. As he was talking to me, he was like, you seem like you know what's up. You know I'm on drugs. You can tell I'm on drugs. Me and this guy, we on drugs. We do drugs together. And this guy gave us $20 bill to do something for him last night. And I told him, you need to go break that 20 right now so you can give me my 10 he had He didn't break the 20 so he said, okay. I'm going to give you to tomorrow to break that 20, and he didn't. And that's what happened. So I told the guy. I told him, why don't you just catch him where you be at and handle it there. Do whatever you want to do to him. But we don't need to know about it. We don't need to see it. It doesn't need to happen here. This is a public place. And, you know, they've already called the police. So next thing I know, (laughs) the young dude steps outside and, you know, real cocky, like, just stands there with um one of my store managers and a couple other people who were there and there were a lot of people outside and he's just standing there and he folds his arms like real cocky like like you're not gonna do nothing to me now so the dude i was standing when he looks at me and he was like you see how he's standing there and me from the walk of life i've come from i was like yeah he's standing there he's testing you right now and he said man you know what i appreciate you standing there talking to me but i know you can't do anything to me because you're not a you're not a cop. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm just a concerned person who don't want anything to happen. So I step aside. The black guy goes, starts hitting him again, hitting him again. Once again, this white guy's not doing anything to defend himself. And um, as I step in between him again, I tell the black dude, just go. Just go because the police were actually in route, in route then. So I told him, go. He chose to run back. Towards these apartment buildings by my job, that a lot, a lot of activity goes on there. So I grabbed a white dude and I'm talking to him and I'm like, dude. And he looks at me and he was like, he was he was like, Thank you, thank you for helping, thank you for helping. And I was like, Man, I helped you when I told you to stay inside the store. I know you didn't just meet him. I know you know him. I can tell you know him. And he was like, No, you no. Know, and he wind up saying, You're right, you're right. And then I, you know, after that the police come in and stuff like that, and they sort of try to break it up. I don't think they caught the guy because he ran away, but they tried to break it. They they tried to break it up, tried to get something out of the dude who was still standing at the store, and the white guy wouldn't say anything. He couldn't say anything because he knew he was wrong. Because he knew whatever story he'd make up, they see right through it. So, I guess some some people around told the police officers that I was the main one trying to stop it. So the police officer walked up to me and he was like, hey, you know, can you just tell me what you know, like if you know anything, something like that. So I wound up telling them what they told me, but I also told them that, you know, they're going to handle that themselves. So, but, you know what I mean, but you guys have way more, way more information and way more power to actually Stop it in this area, then move to the next area, move to the next area, because these kids need help, man. And I'm looking at the cop, I'm like, yeah, you come now. But he was like, yeah, we know of the activity. But if you know of the activity, I'm not saying you got to be out 24-7, but but there's something that needs to be done. Something needs to be done. Because it's killing them. And I'm looking in these kids' eyes and... They don't want to be, they would rather be somewhere else. They would rather be pursuing their dreams. They they don't want to be, I mean, a, a good majority of them are homeless, and it's scary to see. Scary to see you can't even walk outside without looking at it. Someone not too much older than my children, homeless, doing whatever they can do to scrape up money to get this drug. It's just it's, it's horrible to see. It really is. It breaks my heart to see it, and that's sort of bringing me on to my next, you know, my next topic. I mean, like I said, guys, I can tell you horror stories of just what happened at my job, but you know, it's I mean, there's there's nothing we can do about it. We can lead them out, but like physically, there's nothing we can do. And um. Russ, real quick, another another case. These three women were in the restroom, and, you know, they were obviously high, obviously. And they were doing drugs openly in the restroom again. And um, while they were doing that, you know, they were actually performing on each other, I shall say, because I know kids listen to my podcast, they were performing on each other like right there, you know, women were walking in the restroom screaming and running out the restroom. That can't happen. What are they? Why aren't you stopping this and stuff like that? And naturally, you know, I didn't go in the restroom at this particular moment, but another friend of mine did and she stopped it. You know, God bless her cuz I I I don't I don't know what that what that looked like when she walked in there, but you know, I'm glad she did. But um and she stopped that, but that was another horrible, horrible thing because they were young women, a couple of them were a little older, but it was it was young women just, just don't have any hope in life, don't have any any direction in life and that and to go through that, to put yourself through that on a daily basis just for a drug, you know, just for a high is it's a scary way of life. It reminds me this these situations remind me of a lot of um, Donald Goins books. If you guys have never read, I know me and Candace have mentioned them on the podcast before. Uh, Donald Goins is a great urban hood street novelist. He even passed in front of his typewriter because of drugs, of a bad drug deal. Somebody came in and shot him, blew his brains out as he was, you know, in front of his typewriter, creating another masterpiece. So, I mean, if you guys, I'm not saying you, you'll understand it because the way he writes, he'll make you understand it. But if you lived a certain way of life, you don't have to be a certain color. But if you lived a certain way of life and you're behind, and you're beyond that and you've moved on and you move past it, you know, reading his books will take you right back to it. All you got to do is just get into it. Horror Son or, uh, or, um, can or the list uh, God darn it um, Dope Fiend is a good one Daddy Cool is a good one he has plenty of books oh my God plenty of books and um he, he'll basically tell the tale better than I'm trying to tell it now because it's the same thing and his his stories were written in the 70s you know it's just and it's still going on to this day um That was just a couple of instances that happened to me these past couple of days, and they've been sort of bringing me down because, you know, I'm still sort of affected by a lot of it. A lot of it is personal with me. You know, you guys heard a little bit of how personal it was at the beginning of the podcast when, you know, somebody I've known for 20 years. It's just very hard to take in right now, y'all. It really is. And um, that brings me to another subject. You know, I know you guys because a couple of days have passed, so I know you guys have heard about the mass shootings that went on in um, El Paso and Ohio. Uh, once again, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to 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 not care. Not that I don't care. Don't get me wrong, I do. I care deeply. But something needs to be done about the gun laws in this country. Nothing is done about the gun laws in this country because of what a lot of people believe this country is led by. A lot of people believe this country is read by hatred and bigotry, greed, and unsympathetic people. Just because you're different doesn't mean I'm better. Just because you're a different color doesn't mean I outrank you or I'm higher above you or something like that. I believe in all people. Everybody matters to me. So when I heard about the shootings, I immediately said a prayer because you just don't want it to happen again. I mean, you got people at at a garlic festival in, I believe it was California a couple of weeks ago where a where a child was murdered just because they were a different nationality, you know, just because these people look different or come from a different country. You know, I mean, you feel the need to murder just because of what one man ignited inside of a lot of people in this country. It's okay to hate. It's okay to openly hate, openly say these things, openly do these things, and I'm not going to get in trouble. I'm not going to get arrested. I'm not going to get, you know, anything happen to me because a president. Then I'm not trying to discredit him or disrespect him or anything like that. And I'm not saying he's he's inciting all of these things. But then again, I kind of am. I kind of am saying that he sort of, ah, yeah, it's, it's okay to be, you know, be this way. Morning, ho. How you doing? Good. That's good. Um, You guys got a mock day of school in the morning. So you're going to have to get some sleep tonight. There's going to be, no, be no staying up too late. That got to stop because y'all got school Monday. So y'all got to go to school in the morning for a little bit. Christian, I'm sorry, Michael, Kayla, and Jessica have to go tonight for a little bit, just for a meeting. So just let them know. Uh, Go ahead. Y'all get something to eat. Like I said, I'm not trying to incite anything or trying to say that he's starting anything. But in a way he is by the things that he's saying about immigrants and minorities You know, a lot of people feel that way, but they were hidden for so long, but you know, it's it's open now. You know, a lot of people figure it's open season on hatred. And I hate that. You know, this is supposed to be the land of the free. It's not. It's supposed to be give us your sick, you know, you're hungry, you're weary. That's not true. Just give us your greedy, (laughs) basically. You know, it's what I'm seeing from this country. But, you know, I love love my home, and it's beautiful people still. But it's just a certain percentage of people that still live that older way. Like I told you guys before that I get called colored at least once or twice a week. You know, I work with a lady that openly calls me colored. But, you know, it's all right. It's okay. I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Because I know that's not inside of me. You know, just because it's inside of you, that's your hang up, you gotta deal with that. I ain't gotta deal with it. You know, so I rather I rather dislike you for what you do to me than what you look like. I at least gotta give you a chance first. <laughs> but like I said, I'm not saying I don't care about the mass shootings because I do. I do a lot of them are people that just need help, need a friend, need someone to talk to. But a lot of people are overlooking what's going on in Chicago, and that's right here, that's very close to me. What's going on in Chicago, like 73 people died in a week. I I, I believe it was a week. 73 people passed in a week, were murdered in a week. And it's like it's it's it just it's ridiculous to the point that that it takes A tragedy or mass shooting to get this company, this company—I'm sorry, this country—to come together. Oh my God, let's come together. Let's help out. Let's donate. Let's do this. Let's see what we can do to fix this problem. When you got places like Chicago or my city, you know, the certain areas need need help. These people need help. There's 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 good people there, including the people that are doing this. Honestly, believe it's, you know, people are doing the killing are doing it to survive. A lot of the times, a lot of the times, yes, there's, there's children that are murdered. Yes, senseless, senseless things, senseless killings. Of course, that's because can't nobody shoot, you know. You know, a lot of it is just, a lot of it is personal. A lot of it is gang in Chicago. A lot of it is gang in Chicago. But still... Something still needs to be done. A light needs to be shone. A light needs to be shone on that instead of just whatever tragedy occurs because it's a tragedy every day there. It's a tragedy every day here. Someone is mourning the loss of a loved one right now due to senseless violence, due to something that could have been prevented. You know, we don't need, like, help. We need everyday help. We need our money put back into our education, put back into community, put back into the police force, the firemen, you know, those people who help. We need money put back into that. But mainly we need to put back into the community so we can have an outlet for these young, for the youth. You know, free programs, free basketball, free football, free boxing, free baseball, free hockey, free tennis, free anything Anything these people can 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 go. I mean there's plenty of buildings that can be converted into a community center. Plenty of things. You know, free education, free business classes, free money management classes. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot we can do. You know, everybody has a talent, you know, they just don't have the nurture, they just don't have ways to cultivate it. You know, I believe if given a chance, a lot of this will stop. Because I'm honestly quite tired of children mourning children, mothers mourning sons, daughters, fathers mourning sons, daughters, wives, husbands. I'm so tired of that. I'm so tired of going through that. Having to say, rest in peace, or having to say, oh my God, or having to say, why did this happen? So tired of that. But if it happened in certain areas, it would be quickly fixed. And I hate to sound like that person, but that just, it just is what it is. Now I'm walking, <clears throat> walking home after taking the kids, taking the kids to my mother's house. So I got a little bit of a little bit of time to reflect and you know let's take a nice walk um I'm passing through I'm passing through a lot of places that I that was kind of hard for me to walk through through my childhood you know coming down the street that I'm on right now you know it was kind of hard for me you know when me and my family you know went through and stuff and um I can just as I'm, you know, walking down the street now, I'm looking to my right, and I'm seeing that little kid who used to walk these same streets, wondering what life was taking him, wondering, wondering where he was gonna get his next, his next meal from, or wondering would he make it through school without having a fight the next morning, or something like that, or run home because some gang member was trying to chase him home. All of that happened in this. And this one little area right here, and I mean, and I'm actually looking, I'm actually looking at my old bus stop, you know, when I was little, it's right there, and these to be these dudes who used to stand there every day when I got off from school, and I used to, <clears throat> and they used to take my homework, I mean, I, don't, I ain't know them, but I was walking by myself, so I was an easy target, you know, they used to take my homework, rip it up and stuff, and, um, I used to give it, I either have to give it up or fight them. they take whatever I had, whatever little, little pocket change I could collect or whatever. They used to take it. You know, I was, You know, it was cool. I had my lumps, though. I'm here to tell the story, to be honest with y'all, so that's the beauty of it. You know, I made it through it. But just walking down the street, like I said, I'm looking to the right of me, and I see that little kid who used to walk around with the biggest chip on his shoulder because he knew he was going to have to fight that day. I knew if I walked down a certain street, I was going to see whoever, and I was going to have to fight him or whatever. Or for something I said, or somebody I didn't hit or or something to, or something like that. You know, when I, mean, I had a big family, we was close back then. But, um, a lot of the tussles and everything I got into, I got into it on my own. But, um, you know, I'm walking down these streets now. I'm looking at it and I'm happy it happened. You know, I'm sort of happy I went through certain things in life because it sort of paved the road for me as a father. <clears throat> what, the, what to show my kids, what not to show my kids. And, um, and, you know, teach them how to move, so to speak. You know, I'm glad I lived the life that I lived because I lived it. And I'm no longer there. Granted, I'm still in the same neighborhood, but I look, and I see a lot of these same people in the same area. They haven't moved. They haven't evolved. They're still the same mindset, and they just stuck. I'm not stuck. Beautiful wife, beautiful kids, decent job, and, you know, we, we maintain it right now. But, I mean, I just look at these people, and I pray for them. For I mean, when I see people that I went to school with or people that I knew back when I was running around fighting every day and doing all this shit, they say, man, what you up to now? You know, how you been and stuff like that. And I tell them what I've been up to. Tell them that, you know, about, about the woman that I've been with for 20 years or the five kids that I got by that same woman, you know, and stuff like that. How life is, you know. Life is alright right now, life is pretty good. Can't complain too much. But, um, you know, it just made me, made me appreciate the bumps and the bruises. You know, all the scrapes and scars and stuff I got. Made me appreciate it. It actually, it made me look forward, it's, it's making me happy to look forward to the future. About what's next. And I honestly, you know, like I said, I can't wait for what's next, though. I can't wait for what's next. You know, I just can't wait for my next chapter. What am I going to do next? (laughs) Looking forward to it. I no longer regret getting older because of the kids, because of Candace, because I've been with her for so long. And I see her maturation and I see my children growing up. And they already better than me. You know, that's what you want in life when you got kids. You want them to surpass you. I want my kids to surpass me. And I already have at such a young age, though. How y'all doing? What's up, bro? Not much. You know, as I walk through, I see, you know, I just walk through and I appreciate life, though. And think about how smart my kids are. All five of them they just had a conversation with my mother about about bats, you know stuff like that about what bats do. My mother told them a story about bats and they um how she sees how she uh sees bats every night when she passes a certain building they swarm and um uh, she said it's kind of cool to see, but she' was glad she's just glad they uh they didn't touch her they you know they don't try to attack her and then my kids had all these. Little facts about bats and stuff like that. You know, when I was the age, I ain't had that kind of knowledge. You know, I was riding around. I mean I was uh I was going around just trying to survive at the age. You know, not really not really focusing on focusing on being a kid because that sort of stopped for me at what eight, nine years old. Being a kid sort of stopped for me early because of things that I had to hurry up and grow up. I had to hurry up and grow up to do. I had to hurry up and grow up to get accomplished. How you guys doing? I had to hurry up and grow up, you know, for my mother because I, I, I know what she went through. And, and I know that I couldn't be a kid no more because at 10 years old I had to be there for my mother to help take care of my little brother. You know, I had to because it's a severe asthmatic coming up and uh, and you know I had to I had to sacrifice, you know, a lot of school and getting proper rest for school and sacrifice, you know, after school things and such just for the better of the family. Just so my mother could, you know, could still work and not have to not have to watch, not have to be at home with my little brother and stuff. You know, I chose to do that. That's the reason why I dropped out of school. Because, um, to help out, get a job and stuff. I mean, I got my GED. I did that in like a month or so, you know. So that wasn't hard. You know, Candace got hers too. It wasn't hard. But, um, it was just we had to sacrifice. And, and I'm not speaking for her, but I'm just saying, thinking back on it, maybe we could have, maybe had we done it differently, things would have turned out differently for us but i don't think so or i don't i don't want to find it out because i honestly don't want to know life without her i don't want to know my life without her you know cuz what we've been through i I will have for the rest of my life you know we have conversations about our relationship a lot you know about it about it lasting or about or about just just us and what we've been through you know As long as I keep that person with me for the rest of my life, I'm good. I'm happy. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm happy with that. And, you know, so is she. Most people can't say that. Most people with one kid hate each other. You know, me and Candace got five, and we're not together because of our children. We're not together because of, because I don't. I'm stuck or she's stuck. You know, it's just we're together because we love each other. We're together because I feel I feel we got a lot of unfinished business with each other. And that's not saying that 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 I'm that I'm making her stay with me or she's making me stay with her. It's just the things things that we want to accomplish. I have to be there for, or she has to be there for. You know, because for the longest time, it was just us. It was just us actually walking down this same street, walking down Grand, so many times with nothing but each other, nothing but each other. I maybe have, I may have had a couple of dollars to go grab a, to go grab a little two-dollar sandwich. From, the, uh, from my homie's store back there. He had, you know, he, he used to cut, cut me discounts because he knew, he knew I was a good kid. I wasn't trying to bullshit or nothing like that, though. He knew I was a good guy. So he used to cut me deals, little chips, little soda, little sandwich or whatever. He knew he knew what I was going through. But I mean Ken used to be on the same street, up and down, just talking about Just not the future, just tomorrow. Because we didn't know if we would have a future. Honestly, we didn't know. We didn't know what life was going to throw our way because of everything that we went through. I mean, that's why we held on. We held on so tight to each other because it wasn't a given. It wasn't a given that we was going to have kids and get married and have a house together and all that stuff. It wasn't a given. That was work. That was work. And, um, but like I said, we owe that to each other, and and we're not saying the marriage is gonna last forever because nothing, nothing is. I'm not, she's not, you're not. Nobody's gonna last forever. But it's what you mean to a person and what you give to a person. And I mean, right now, I'm I'm happy and content with my life right now. And there's a lot of uncertainty. Yes, there's always going to be uncertainty. But right now, I'm happy. She's happy. We're happy. And hopefully, we're making you guys happy with the podcast as well. So you know, even though she hasn't been on an episode in a while, she still love y'all. (laughs) So and um, we're getting everything back in order. You know, she has a pretty set, sort of set schedule now. That's a good thing. She has semi-set schedule to where we can actually schedule regular, regular shows again. But we just walking down these streets, seeing some of the same people, quite honestly, and just having flashbacks of, of memories that we, you know, that we shared and stuff like that. Not only me and Candice, but myself. Like I said, the fights and all of this stuff. You know, I'm happy I made it through all of that stuff. You know, you know, it's just life, guys. Enjoying life. And that's kind of really kinda really all I ask for. Really all I really all I want you guys to do is just enjoy it. Don't try to put too much into it. Because you never know. Because you never know if you never know if. What am I trying to say here, y'all? You don't want to pass nothing up. That's what I'm basically trying to say. Because you don't want to get so focused on one goal that you pass up something else. That you overlook something else. You know, God may be trying to put another person in your life, another opportunity, another way, another job, another something, but you're so focused on this and that, you overlook it. You know, too many times I've been in that position to where... A job has been offered, and I've been so loyal. I've been so loyal to, to, to jobs or people that I don't take opportunities. You know, it was a, it was um, a principle. And I may have told this story before on the podcast before. I'm not too sure. It was a principle back in my junior high days. He saw, he, he said he saw potential in me. Which is there, you know, I, I appreciate that. He said he saw a potential in me and he actually wanted me he actually wanted me to move in with him and his family. Cause he wanted to give me a better life. He knew the home life I had wasn't stable at all. And he wanted to give me a better opportunity. A better way of living life, a better life, so to speak. And he said, I can give you a better life. I can give you opportunities. I can nurture this is exactly what he told me. He was like, I can nurture everything that you want to do in your life. And I turned them down. I turned them down. Only because, only because I knew what I wanted. And the only way I could get what I wanted, I thought, was if I, was if I stayed and fought side by side with my mother. I wasn't going to leave my mother and my little brother. I wasn't going to do that at all. That wasn't even an option. But it's just the fact that he cared so much and he saw that in me, he was like, yeah, I see this in you, and I don't want you to waste your opportunity. You know, like I said, I was a decent athlete, a decent singer. So, you know, the proper tools and the proper people, who knows where I'll be in life right now. But I could cut less about that because of my kids, because of my wife, you know, my mother, my little brother, friends, close friends, very close friends. And, you know, the few family I deal with, you know, I don't want to look at my life. See, that's my thing. I don't look at my life and just see myself. I don't look at my life and just see what can I do or what about me? I'm not that kind of, I'm not that person at all it's all about if i move how was how is, how are the rest of the people with me going to move you know i think about everybody you know and i think about y'all too the listeners of this podcast you know what can i give you guys to 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 help you think better do better be better what can i give you you know so i you? if i had it i'd give it to you though No, I ain't even got it, though. That's one thing I can't do. I know I can't. (laughs) You know, as much as I talk about uplifting people, I know that dude that I just talked to was a drug addict. You know, I can't... can't feed nobody's habit, (laughs) y'all. Yeah. I just didn't want to feed his habit. Because that's one of those... Those zombies, as I call them, you know, it's a sad sight to see y'all, but one of these days I'm going to learn how to properly do a podcast and not be so real, (laughs) and I'll record as I'm walking, as I'm walking through these areas, seeing these people, and you know, and broadcasting it to y'all, but I can't be no other way but myself, how you doing, man, I can't be no other way but myself, and This is exactly how I choose to do it. I know you guys appreciate it because, quite honestly, quite honestly, you don't get it nowhere else. Everybody else try to fabricate things, and over here at GMHONP, ain't nothing fabricated. This is 100% authentic, and I don't try to make up stories for, for, for downloads, listens, and views. It's not what I do this for. This is my life, and right now as I'm walking this is what I'm looking at I mean it's diversity you know I see all kinds of different walks of life and I know all kind of different walks of life as well but this is just you know what I'm looking at quite honestly but um but, you know I hope it get better I pray it get better but as far as knowingly knowingly watching a person's downfall and actually feeding them feeding it you know I can't do that anymore you know, I pray with you. Sit up and have a conversation with anybody, as I've done plenty of times. Set up and talk to them, you know, and stuff like that. But as far as that goes, you know, but you know, as far as that goes, I can't really do that too much more. I mean, not the, not the talking and you know the listening and stuff like that. As far as the feeding and you know the giving money and stuff, I can't do that no more. Partly because, you know, I ain't got it. <laughs> I ain't got it to give away unless it's my kids, my mother. my little brother, I ain't got it to give away. To be honest with you guys. But, hey. Such is life. We got our own things we struggling with as well. You know, Candace and myself. But, you know, it's all getting better. Honestly, it. it's getting better. I'm not going to sit up and say, it it's not. Because it is. Still walking around smiling still got a reason to smile first of all because you get up every day you know that's the main reason right there thank god for that you know we still got reasons to be happy and stuff like that you know certain things in my life make me smile you know interacting with y'all you know stuff like that the conversations i have with the listeners and the beautiful people that that look forward to this podcast you know i'm trying to extend it and stretch it (laughs) give y'all different views, different things, things of that nature, you know, hopefully we're accomplishing that, you know, like I said, and all it is is life, is just trying to get better day by day, y'all, that's all it is, that's all it is, it's trying to get better day by day. Man, I could tell y'all horror stories, I honestly could, but... But recording this way, I feel like a reporter. I feel like a reporter out here with his ear to the streets, speak to the streets, and you know, reporting the news. I honestly feel like that because in the kind of a way I am, you know, I'm just reporting the things that my two eyes see. And unfortunately, unfortunately, it's a lot of despair. Unfortunately, like I said, we don't live in a bad area, it's good people. But it's just, it's just an epidemic that needs to be fixed. You know, as I left home this morning, you know, I was the last one to leave because the kids on third, there, Candace isn't there, you know, you say a quick prayer that nothing happens. But I still see the same people looking the same way, and it's just not something that you want to. It's not something you want to be around and be a part of. You wish it was better. But I also wish a lot of things in this world, society, nation, neighborhood, city, street, everywhere. I wish nobody had to go through anything. But I don't want to say that and not appreciate appreciate the the struggle because i've been struggling my entire life you know i have ups i have downs but i appreciate all of it though i appreciate it all and i know you guys go through things too you appreciate every second of it because you know you're stronger than what you're going through and i'm stronger than what i'm going through right now i'm stronger than what i'm going through I mean, a lot of it is, is trying my hardest to keep focused when the world is falling apart. You know, I don't try to get too political or religious on this podcast or in my life in general. But I can't escape seeing that little girl crying in that, in that room. She wants to be with her dad. And they took her dad she's a little um, Hispanic girl, they took her dad and she was just saying how she, she wants to be with her dad, this isn't right. And what she was saying and the emotion, like I was saying before, this is, you know, give us your hunger, give us your tired. I honestly don't, I honestly don't feel we abide by that anymore as in this country, but seeing that little girl, that could be anybody. That could be anybody's daughter. That could be anyone's daughter. And I mean, and I always tell everyone it can happen to anybody. It's not just a certain race, it's certain, certain people things happen to because you got your businessmen who get, you know, wrongfully accused by the police. You got everyday mothers who get wrongfully, wrongfully accused by the police. Big grandmothers pull... Guns get pulled on grandmothers and stuff like that. Innocent people. Things happen to everybody. But... I just want... I just want for this world to be better. I honestly do. I honestly do. I wish everybody could be... You know how... And I hate to use this analogy, but... Take kids, use kids for an example. And who's a playground. Alright, you got a playground, you got parents bringing their kids to a playground. This has happened to Candace and myself plenty of times. Parents bringing their kids to a playground. You got, um, you got a white family, you got a black family, Oriental, Hispanic. All, all different walks of life, different looks. And um... They're all coming to this playground. Naturally, the parents are gonna sit on the outside parts of the playground and let the kids play. They're gonna to try to separate them a little bit, but eventually those children are gonna be playing and laughing. Not understanding a word, because I've seen it. Not understanding a word from other nationalities, but the only thing you understand is happiness, laughter, and we're together. That's the only thing you understand. And it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my, in my life, honestly. Well, good morning. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> Sorry about that. Dog almost attacked me. No, <laughs> no, he didn't attack me. He's just using the restroom. But um, like I said, I wish I could see what I'm looking at right now. Looking across the street. I need to. I need to lift more, I'm mean, not to say that I look bad, but I don't look like him, and he got his shirt off. But anyways, anyways, like I said, <laughs> it's the most beautiful thing in the world to see. It's, it's the most beautiful thing in the world to see children who don't know each other, who just met, come together, game of tag, a game of football, or mommy, I brought a ball, can me and my new friends play? I mean, y'all just met five minutes ago, y'all friends already. Yeah, that's my best friend. And when they leave the park, they're best friends. They hug each other. They know each other's name. Do the parents know each other's name? No. All we said was hi to each other. Or we didn't even say hi, we just waved. Did we exchange numbers? Did we become very close to this game of tag or football or basketball or soccer or whatever they played? No, we didn't. What was stopping us, the parents, from becoming as close as the children. Nothing. But we did it. That's the problem with society. Everybody's afraid of each other. And rightfully so, you got the you got reasons to be afraid of each other, especially with what's happening right now. With everyone feeling they got they got power now. Everybody feel they got power. They can do and say as act as they please without the repercussions of getting punched in your mouth or worse. No, it's not going to fly. You know, just like the stories I tell you guys of when people act a certain way at my job. I'm not a security guard. I'm a seafood manager. But the person in me wants to keep everybody safe and make sure, one, I get back home to my family because if things go left, that's when we got a problem. So that's when I try to step in. And sort of try to calm everything down. And it works a little bit without me having to get into altercations with too many people. But nothing is stopping us as a society but fear. And the media, basically the media scares the fuck out of people. Excuse my language. but well, then again, don't excuse my language because it's my podcast, so I want to say. But the media scares us. And this is possibly the only time you're going to hear me get... Political or religious On this podcast, really But Turn the TV off Turn the phones off And you go meet people, go talk to people Go have a conversation with your neighbor There you go, you've done your part You've got to know someone That doesn't look like you, doesn't act like you Doesn't think like you Because I'm pretty sure it's people around you that you just don't speak to Because of what they look like Or because of what they perceive you perceive them to be Plenty of times. I mean, plenty of people. I know people like that. Well, man, I didn't think you were like that. I just, you didn't take the time to get to know me because I'm a big black man and you're not. So, <laughs> that's the hang up of people these days. That's the hang up. And it's bad, but it's the way it is. If we were all childlike and wanting to get to know each other, wanting to love, then we'd be much better off. We'd be much better off, but we're not, so we got to take our lumps, and unfortunately, we've been taking lumps for a while. We just have to come together, and I don't, it's, sure enough, it's bad everywhere. I'm not saying bad as in, you know, you can't go there, but I'm just saying everybody has their, their bad areas. Everybody has their poverty or their despair or whatever, hopelessness. Everybody has it. It's, it's worldwide. No escaping it. The only way you can think, think you can escape it is if you close your eyes and act like it's not there, but it's there. It's there. It was right outside my door as I was leaving this morning. Same person from the beginning of the podcast, who I told you guys that I know, was sitting right in the middle of the street, kind of. Right on the curb. One shoe on. Just sitting there breaks my heart because I still call this person my brother but can I help him? no because I know where the help will go I know where my where my hand will go I know I know where that will go so I can't do it one thing I can do, look at them and say a prayer. God help them. God, this problem is far beyond myself. I can't do anything like I thought I could. I can't lift anybody up like I thought I could. Well, I know certain people say I'm motivational and uplifting. And I thank you and I appreciate that. But the way I'm talking now is when they're already gone. I can't do anything to get you back. I can't do anything to get you back, basically is what I'm saying, so I'm going to go ahead and start my day, well let me scratch that, if I say I can't do anything to get you back does that mean I tried as hard as I could, possibly not or i've just put so much time into it and if i see you doing the same thing making the same mistakes over and, over and over and over again that's when i decide to turn my i can't say turn my back because i still speak to people but that's when the help stops so to speak but i continue i'll continue later before i upload so i can elaborate more into what i'm talking about and who knows who knows what could happen today <laughs> i love you guys was another, another eventful day. You know, like I said, I feel like a, I feel like a news reporter walking around like this. You know, I know I just said that, but, um, <laughs> but just going through, you know, my daily, my daily work day you know, I find out, I find out so much about people and different parts about women, different parts about men. That that if we just open up and not be so afraid to just let people in, you never know what kind of help you get, and I say that to say, you know, I got some people in my life who who are great people, but not in the best of circumstances. you know they got something against them, and uh you know how we all do, we've all been there. We all feel that, we all feel that, don't nobody understand our situation. But you never know, you never know what size shoe another person, another person wears, till you talk to them and then you realize like, damn, I go through the same thing you, I'm, I'm going through the same thing you going through. You know mainly, we wear the same size shoes so I've walked to yours. You know, I always say you know, I always tell people it's best to be open. It's really best to be open and honest because you never know. You never know who can help you first of all. And then you never know you never know whether or not whether or not you talk to that person, that person can like I just said, it could help you out in your situation. You know, sorry if you guys can't hear me but like I said it's the, best way, it's the best way I can record. And we can record right now. You know, so. I always say I admire my marriage. But most importantly, I admire the person I'm married to. And that makes sense to me. It may not make sense to the listeners. But it does because I don't have to go through certain things. And I'm so grateful for that because if I don't have to go through it, that means she doesn't have to go through it. You know, certain people here how many kids we have or you know Candice gets the you know I bet it's hard dealing with their daddies and stuff like that and you know when it's when it's told to them that they just got one for one one parent, you know, two parents, you know, so <laughs> it's me and him, and we still together, you know, that that's foreign to people, you know, it's like you speak in another language, but that's us. I don't know what it's like to be separated from my wife and my children. I don't know what it's like to be separated from my family. I don't know what it's like to have to deal with the courts when it comes to dealing with your children. I don't know what that, I don't know what that is. And I know that if me if me and Candace don't work out or we just decide to just go our separate ways, we still will be a family. Because we're we're at that understanding with each other that no matter what we go through, we got each other. We're gonna forever be there. And I'm going to forever be there for that woman and she's going to forever be there for me. That, that dynamic there will never change. And we will never put each other through the trials and tribulations of, your, of, of certain relationships. I can't say typical because not every, not every relationship deals with drama. You know, I'm not the only person that has a woman that understands things a woman that's that's willing to sacrifice herself for as long as she can for for the family. You know, that's that's rare right there to have two selfless people coming together in a family as a family. You know, somebody always got to be somebody always got to be the selfish person or the somebody always got to be the selfish person or the one that's a bit needy, or and she, she can tell you herself if it comes down to that. I'm the most needy one out of probably all the kids and her, but um, <laughs> but uh, but you know, I'm just, I'm just happy I don't have to deal with certain things in my relationship, and I'm not knocking anybody else I know that is, or I'm not trying to put anybody down. For those who know me personally, know I'm not like that. You guys know I'll do anything for you anything at all, anything at all, give the shirt off my back for people. Like I said, it's just it's just certain things in my life I'm glad I don't have to deal with. And that's one of them, because these, our, my, our children didn't ask to come into this world, they're here. You know, no child asks to come into this world, but it's all in what you, how you approach it and how you look at being a parent. Most people look at being a parent as they want to play a victim and one thing is given to them and don't feel they got to work as hard because they got a child. That's not me. That's not the people that I know. Most people I know try to make it work. Even if they can't work with the parent, they try to make it work for the child. I commend people for that. I commend the men I know that are willing to still be involved in their child's life, even if they can't speak to the mother, even if that, that relationship is wrecked beyond repair. They still try. They still do everything that they can for their children. Now I know people who don't. I know women who don't care. I know men who don't care. But I also know men and women who, who do, Even sometimes even more if they don't have The parent with them, if they aren't in a relationship, they'll do even more for that child. I commend that as well. You know, it's like that whole um, telling single mothers Happy Father's Day and stuff like that. And the sort of flack I got from that. You know, that goes along with you doing more than what you're supposed to do. No, you can't teach a child how to be a man. But you can double up on what you do to make sure they don't repeat his mistakes they don't look at his at what he did and be like oh well you know my daddy left you so I'm gonna leave my responsibilities no most single mothers most single fathers instill into their children that this is not gonna be you I didn't want this lifestyle for myself I didn't want to be by myself but I'm gonna make sure you know the value of a man and the value of a woman even if it don't work for y'all if you, have a ch- if you have a child, it has to work for the sake of that child. It has to. Now, we're fans about it. It has to work for the sake of that child. So, like I said, I'm just happy I don't have to go through certain things. Candace is as well. I mean, granted, we still got our issues. We still have our problems. But like I said, certain things I don't have to mess with. So, you know, work went by. All right today. I say all right because um, had to say goodbye to a friend. You know, she retired. She let me have some other cake. I sang happy birthday at her retirement party, but, you know, that's just me. But anyway, (laughs) as I was coming back, as I was coming back to my hut, coming back to my hut, and I saw this lady walking, this lady walking with two other women. In the parking lot and that's the thing i know that's the thing i know i just see the lady in the middle just fall to the ground so i was like that's kind of odd we had two we had some policemen there at the job you know going through a farm fundraiser and stuff like that so i motioned for the cops said hey someone fell in the parking lot so myself Three cops and my store manager. See, me, me and my store manager been getting into a lot of altercations with with people these past couple of weeks. But anyways, <laughs> but anyways, we step out there. And, you know, I immediately reach for the woman's arms to try to hold her up because she has her arm in a cast. She has an arm in a cast, and the police officers step to the side of her to help her. We're gonna just lift her straight up. The woman who the two caregivers start yelling at myself yelling at the cops like don't touch her don't touch her don't touch her she has to learn how to get up on her own she has to learn how to get up on her own when she falls and i'm looking at her i'm like ma'am she has one arm she only has use of one arm and she's she's weak i can I, i can obviously tell that she's weak she can't get up well she has to learn to get up on her own and my, and my manager was like, ma'am, can you at least let us help you? I mean, I'm not saying you're not strong enough to lift her up, but, you know, he's a strong guy, he's a two cops, I'm a strong guy, you know, we can lift her up, no problem. She has to learn how to get up on her own. So, after that, after her denying help from myself, my manager and two police officers, we sort of stepped back and sort of come back into the store. You know, my manager stands out there to try to talk to him and see how she fell, just in case it's something that he has to deal with. That's not the case. They wouldn't give him any information. They wouldn't give him any information. So they basically said, I'm not going to tell you anything. We'll just leave it. So come back in the story and I, you know, I'm talking to the cop about it. And I'm like, it sort of looks like they knocked her down. And he was like, why would you say that? I was like, because she was, they were walking fine. And the next thing I know, this lady's on the ground being told you have to learn how to get up on your own. And thinking back now, looking back at it, I sort of think that's what happened. Now I don't, I don't know what it's, I don't deal with people like that. So when I say I don't deal with people like that, I'm not a caregiver, so I don't know The dynamics of what you can can or can't do. So I don't know whether you have limits or anything like that. And I look at it like, if someone falls and another person is there to try to help, let that person help. Let that person lend a hand. Don't take an attitude like, we're going to harm her even more just by trying to help her up. Because like I said, the way I looked at it, they tripped her and she fell to the ground. Because when I was out there, she was saying, I don't know how I got here, I don't know what happened, what happened, I don't know how I feel. And she was sort of mentally handicapped. So was saying that, like I said, it really looked like they they knocked her down and forced her to get back up. And like I said, her arm was in a cast, so she had use of one arm and she could barely walk as it was. So it was just, just kinda of innovative to see. Inhumane to see, I'm sorry guys, you didn't understand me. And you know, we should all learn how to, we should all learn how to treat one another. We should all learn how, how to understand a person's situation. And we should all accept help when needed or when when offered, I should say. Because I myself have had those moments where I, I needed help. And I was too much of a man to ask for it. And I struggled with things. And then turning around, I had friends who said, hey, you know, had you asked or had you said something, I could have helped you out with that. And I've learned that lesson. The last time I learned that lesson was Mm -hmm. the last time I'll ever go through it because... I know there's people in my life that are willing to help, that are willing to do without even being asked. Without even being asked, all you gotta do is address them with the situation, and they're there to help out. They're there to lend a hand, they're there to listen, they're there to guide me. Because a lot of people, a lot of problems don't require money to fix. A lot of the times, you just need help with a solution. Help me figure this out. Help me find a solution for this problem. Like I said, a lot of the times it doesn't require money. And that's a great thing, that it doesn't require money. Because, you know, not a lot of people have... That was almost an accident. Not a lot of people have money to spare. Or relationships sort of foil because of money. You know, relationships spoil because of money. You can be the best of friends till you ask asking for a dollar. And then you see how a person, you see how a person changes once you ask them for money or once you say, hey, I need some money, I need some help or whatever, whatever. You know, see how a person reacts to you then. But, <clears throat> how you doing, man? Like I said, it's just all about how you treat people, how you approach people. I'm not saying I'm the best human being on the planet. I ain't, I ain't trying to win no awards. Nothing like that because I have my flaws. I do. And I'll be the first person to admit that. But it's just looking at the state of the world. It costs nothing to be a little nicer. You know, nobody's going to... Nobody's going to... You know, sort of looking back at how we act in high school. We always... and I'm not saying everybody, just how... I saw people act in high school. Everybody wanted to be tough or cool. Nobody wanted to be themselves. And it's the ones that wanted to be themselves or the ones that usually got picked on, stuff like this. Everybody wanted to be something that they weren't. You know, nobody wanted to be themselves. They always wanted to put on the front. And that's the case for most adults too. Everybody afraid of their own reflection You always try to live up to a certain persona On social media or something like that That you just tend to forget You're a person too Tend to forget it You don't know who you are Cause you get caught up in You get caught up in likes and And numbers and all of that stuff To where you start to You stop to you stop thinking about yourself as the human being and start thinking of yourself as a profile. That ain't right. Gonna always be you first. There's no better person to be to yourself. And I see people struggle with that a lot to the point to where it's comical at times. Though you know, I look and I see certain things and I laugh to the point to where. I laugh to the point to why I can't even, I can't even understand what it's like for some people to actually not have their phone. I mean, granted, I'm on my phone a lot, on my phone a lot, I'm on my phone right now, I'm recording this podcast on my phone, but I'm not handcuffed to it, I can I can go without it. And I can also live a normal life, be a normal person. I don't post everything. I don't post, I'm a person. (laughs) I don't post every workout. I don't post everything about my kids, my wife, my life. Most things I enjoy and I take a mental picture and I keep it. And I like it myself. You know, I don't gotta share everything. Because if I did, if I shared every time I smiled or laughed, shit. I spent all day on Instagram if I did that. But I don't. You know, a lot of the times when I run, I just run. I don't need to post it. A lot of the times when I lift, I just lift. I don't need to post it. Or a lot of the times when I'm with my kids, I'm with my kids, I'm with my wife, I'm with my wife. I ain't gotta tell people everything. But I know most people who do, I know most people who will only live to post their life. Like, you never know when you're gonna get famous. Somebody told me, you never know when you're gonna get famous. I me, mean, true, that is true. You never know when you're gonna become famous, if you are, if that's your destiny to become famous. Most people's destiny is just live comfortably, just have a comfortable life, be a good person, have a decent job, keep your bills paid, keep the roof over your head, and try to enjoy things in life. That's all I want. That's all I want. I mean, I know I have a podcast, but I'm not. I don't record this podcast like, like I want it to, to go viral or to want everybody to listen to it. I want everybody to listen to it who knows they can get something out of it. And if you listen to one episode, you know, I try to give you something that you can keep. I try to give you something that you can keep. Candace tries to give you something that you can keep. Whether you're male or female, you can get something from both of us. Doesn't matter. We try to give you something that's substantial to your life. I mean, hopefully you're listening. Hopefully you're still listening to this podcast. I know it's a long one. <laughs> But I've come to find out that the most time I have is when I'm walking to work and by myself. Because when I'm home, especially now, now the school started back, you know, I know it'll be, it'll be a while before Candace actually, all right, now I can settle down and record a podcast. Or now I can even settle down, I can even settle down and get something to eat without having to worry about one of the kids snatching it from me or one of the kids needing so, you know. I mean, especially now that she's working, she has to get up, hustle up in the morning, get the kids to school, and get off to work herself. Or I have to do the same thing. Because it's most mornings why I got to get up and hustle and get the kids to school. You know, that's just a sacrifice we're making. And it's not even a sacrifice. It's not even a sacrifice. Because no matter what we go through in life, as long as we move as a unit, we good. through whatever happens. As long as we move as a unit, we good. You know, me and Candace tell ourselves all the time, whatever happened between us, it won't stop us. And that's sort of weird... That's sort of weird for most people, for most couples. But we're not most couples. We found that out a long time ago. We found that out through certain things that we've been through, that we're not most couples. You know, she came came and me, well, y'all know the story. Y'all ain't gotta repeat it, y'all know the story. But it's just like I said, I'm so happy y'all don't gotta go through most things that most people go through in their relationships. I'm so, so happy about that. So happy about that. You know, because I know when push comes to shove, I got my best friend right there. Right there beside me. What's up with you, man? I got my best friend right there beside me. And she got her best friend right there beside her. Like I said, most people can't see that. Most people can't see that. That's a shame. And that's a shame, but hey, that's just the way life is. It's the way life is. Now, I ain't knocking nobody who's going through it, but I'm telling you, it's a better way. I know what's a better way. And I know I haven't really spoken on many topics. I ain't really pushing on pushing on hot button issues right now. Besides the the mass shootings and what I what I'm seeing now, this is just basically what my two eyes see. This episode is basically what my two eyes see. Probably because I'm recording most of it as I'm walking to work or walking home. Right now, I'm walking from work to get the kids. Uh, School pants, cause we got them school pants that can't really fit. So I got to go out and get them some more. But anyway, anyway, um, yeah, you know, I can't say football season started. This football season has did never really ended for me. So <laughs> once the uh once the Super Bowl ended, that I didn't really watch. Once, you know, once everything ended, you know, my, my season ended when that, when that kick hit the upright pretty much. And I got right in the next season mode, thinking about the birds, next move, what they can do and how they can improve upon last year's, last year's success. And I see the ways they can improve improve on last year's success and they're taking the steps towards it. And everybody's starting to starting to notice them now. All the monsters of the midway are back. That defense can be better than the 06 defense that went to the Super Bowl. That defense could be better than 85, and I don't believe it'll be better than 85. It's a different scheme than the 06, because they ran cover 243. This defense runs more of a 3-4 hybrid, hybrid-style defense that's beautiful to look at. And Pagano runs a pretty similar Pretty similar style as Fangio did, so I don't think the defense is going to slack in any way. We've picked up solid veterans that keep positions defensively where we lost. I'm still, I'm still sort of kind of worried about our edge rusher, even though we got Roy Robinson Harris, we got Isaiah Irving, we got players like that, but um. We got young players, you know, Nichols and stuff like that, Bilal Nichols. We got younger players. They just aren't proving names to where all We got that side solidified. But no, they just gotta prove themselves. And in this style defense, when you got the players that do have names that you know, the Eddie Jacksons, the Keem Hicks, the Khalil Macks, players like that, the Kyle Fullers, Roquan Smith, Danish Trevathan, Super Bowl winner. You know, we we got it. We got him there. We just got to stay consistent, stay injury-free, and I'm not going to say we're going to repeat last year's success because we can't exceed it. We can't exceed it. I really don't see a weakness on this team. The only really thing I really think I'm kind of really worried about is backup quarterback, and that's just because from what I saw in the first preseason game, I'm kind of worried about the backup quarterback. Yeah, backup quarterback is just about the only position that I'm really kind of worried about, only because of what I saw in the first game. This didn't look like Daniels and Bray were ready And these were third and fourth string players they were up against. I mean, Chase Daniels—he's gonna give you a good ball every now and again. But they're, they're they're there because they know Nagy's system, and I understand that. But can you count on them to win the game? Uh, Daniels may—he'll get you an arm strength, he'll get you with knowledge, but athleticism he won't really have, and neither does Tyler Bray. So I guess that's that's what I'm worried about. I guess. Cause you know, I just, I don't want to see you get, I don't want to see you get trapped and not know to use your feet to get out. You know, that's basically it. And um, so that's about the only position I really see that they're sort of kind of in trouble at is that one. Is backup quarterback. Everything else I sort of see them as you know they they're the deepest I've seen in years past deepest team I've seen in years past from the bird. And they got as good a shot as any to win the Super Bowl. There's, I mean everybody's sorta of picking them to win it. Either them or the Chiefs or the Saints, you know. They're getting them. They're getting the eyes in Vegas and stuff like that. So I guess that's a good thing. I myself just want to see another, another successful season where they stay healthy. That's it. They had some pretty good. They had a pretty good go at it last year. They nobody really got injured. I know Mitch missed a few. Khalil missed a few, but other than that, they were relatively healthy. And um, but I do believe had they got home home field advantage, they would have, it would have probably had they got a first round bye, it would have been different. It would have been different because the Eagles gave them problems because they were a veteran team. They had leadership, but I think had they played a team like. You know, had they gotten the Saints or something like that. I think it would have been different. I think they would have beat the Saints. That's my opinion. They should have beat Philly. But some plays didn't go their way. And they couldn't get the offense moving the way they could. Because, you know, like I said, Philly was tested. Philly was a playoff team. Super Bowl winners. But new season now no sense in, no sense in going off the pass The only real injury I saw this preseason was Anthony Miller but it was just like a slight sprained ankle no walking boot no nothing like that so they're okay Couple of position switches you know I know Cody Whitehurst switched positions but I could go on and on and on about just one football team. Y'all know that. But (laughs) anyway, experts are saying Saints and Chiefs. I'm honestly saying Bears and Chiefs. And I do see the Bears winning the Super Bowl. I've already said that. I do see the Bears winning the Super Bowl. Not just because I'm a Bears fan. Just because it feels right. It feels right. Last season was a shocker. Shocked me to see the success that they had. I didn't see it coming. I mean, I knew once I saw that they traded for Khalil White, things. With Khalil, I'm sorry about that, Khalil Mack, I'm sorry, Khalil. I knew once they traded for Khalil Mack that things was different. How you doing, man? I knew once they traded for Khalil Mack, things was different. I didn't think it was going to have that immediate success. Losing that first game against the Packers really showed me Like, all right, you may think you're there, but you're not there yet. Because we had that game wrapped up until we didn't. I can't say, I always say we like I'm out there with them, but you're a fan as long as I've been. (laughs) You got the game, I thought we had the game wrapped up until we didn't. So that sort of lowered my expectations That Whatever happened during the season just happened. I didn't have many expectations. Now we do. You know, we're chasing greatness. Just, that, that could be a metaphor for life, you know. Chase greatness, don't just settle. A lot of people just settle. Um, you could be the greatest at, the greatest, um, greatest bricklayer, you could be the greatest, man, anything, landscaper, the greatest checker, the greatest bank teller, the greatest retail worker, the greatest whatever. As long as you're happy and comfortable, it doesn't matter what you do. As long as you're happy and comfortable with it, just chase greatness. Chase your own personal greatness. You don't have to make millions. As long as you're comfortable with your life, there you go. Just as long as you're comfortable with your life. You know, like I said, is gonna be back on these episodes pretty soon. I can't keep doing them without her. I may have to catch her when she got a half an hour or 45 minutes for me, but I love you guys. Thank you so much for all that you give GMH and OMP. And we're gonna continue to give it right back. Y'all have a good night. Have a good morning. Have a good week. I want to thank all of everybody who contributed to this podcast. Gangsters, the drug dealers, the gamers, the mothers, the fathers, the housewives, the house husbands, everybody.